Hey, everybody. Welcome to Review the News. Uh, Todd tells me it is episode 71. Um, it's, uh, oh, it's 72? No? Uh, 71. Episode 71. Um, we have a, uh, a, a even uh, East Coast representation tonight. We got uh, Stevie on here with us. Uh, can't wait to get his takes. Um, and, uh, so first things first, we'll probably do, uh, we're actually going to try to, uh, put a little structure to this show. Um, and I know everyone has been waiting for the last couple of weeks for an episode. I hope, uh, everyone enjoyed the Titanic episode. And happy um, Easter, by the way, we, we, happy, we weren't, yeah, we missed Easter. Easter. Happy Easter to everyone. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, uh, let's, let's kick it off and let's, let's get going. Uh, which uh, which one do you have first, Neil, on your uh, pad? The first one I have on my pad is uh, Tillman. You want to talk? Yeah, about the, that's how I wrote it down first. I don't know if that's the first one you want to talk. No, about. that's fine. I because I, I, I I can I can get into this, and I really um, because this is like a military slash veteran thing. I still would um, love to hear your guys' opinions, um, and. Uh, so I, uh, uh, Pat Tillman just had the anniversary of his death. Um, he was uh, killed overseas in his uh, deployment to Afghanistan. Um, and there was a guy who I think he was a guy and I think he was a veteran. And I even want to go out on a limb and say he was a uh, ranger, which makes him way cooler than me because I was just a regular grunt. Um, uh, his name is uh, Lafayette Lee. He goes by at partisan underscore O uh, on Twitter. And before this interaction with him, it was a really actually a really fun account to follow. Really good account. I uh, really liked some of the things that he would post on there. Um, I thought it was uh, he had a lot of interesting things to say, but uh, I kind of took umbrage um, with him because he does this kind of long form um not obituary but this like heaping praise on on pat tillman and and as he's heaping praise on pat tillman he talks about how the bush administration covered up tillman's death which was true um and i'll get into that for a second because i also have a different he he the way he posed it as if they were covering it up in a way um, that would benefit the Bush administration, but I have a little bit different take. And, and I, and again, I think I've made clear on this show, a lot of, uh, on previous issues with the Bush administration and the, the, the global war on terror. I mean, I, I wasn't a hundred percent, uh, in agreement with everything. And, and I, and I have, you know, my issues with the Bush administration, but this one is a little, my take again is a little bit different. Um, and, he goes into this thing, and this is what really ch- chapped my ass. He he was like, he's like, and and I would lo- I would love to read his tweets, but he blocked me, so I can't read the because uh, I would just read it to you verbatim. Um, he basically said to the effect that the mil- that even though Pat Tillman didn't believe anything like right wing or anything conservative that we still need to honor him as a hero 
And we still need to remember him because he served and that he was that this guy Lafayette Lee was upset that there's people on the right who want to dissolve these bonds that unify Americans. And like he he's really disappointed when he sees right wing people or right wingers, you know, take like pot shots or 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 denigrate or um and again i i i apologize i so here's the other thing i offered lafayette lee to come on to the show so we could discuss this but uh through a third party a good friend of ours that's on the show a lot and uh no response back from him so i gave him an opportunity to 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 tell me where i was wrong um but he turned that down so um, you want to talk to you gary no, he won't, and which is I mean, a what, shame. What's up with blocking people anyway? What kind of a pussy move is that? Block uh, the only God forbid I've, I disagree with you. Yeah, I you know I I agree, I, and I get blocked by by a lot of people. I get I think I'm blocked. I'm, blo- I, I'm blocked by more people on the right than I am on the left, which is just tragic because you're harder on the people on the right. Absolutely. And, and again, that doesn't mean I'm right. Like, I've never been like, look, I'm right. This is gospel. The end of the story. Like I've been like, yo, I, I think that's take is terrible. I think that, that, that is wrong. I think you need to examine. It. I think there's other things. And I, so getting to the point here, and I, I'm sorry, I'm being long winded here, but basically I said like, look, if you think Pat Tillman, who was, if Pat Tillman was alive today, if you think he wouldn't have his boot on your neck, as a right winger, then you're crazy because of all the things that Tillman said while he was alive, right? He was an atheist. Um, he was irreligious. He, um, uh, his family ha- has spoken uh, since his death. Um, they have been basically like, so again, Lafayette Lee's worrying about dissolving the bonds of American, but Tillman's own family is like not really pro-American as you would think or supportive as you think. And his wife was like an anti-Trumper um, against the Muslim ban, right? So his family didn't want uh, anyone to use like Pat Tillman as like a political prop. But then his wife goes out and basically does the same thing. And meanwhile, to me, Lafayette Lee gives cover to... Pat Tillman and Tillman's family by saying like, look, they have a right to be mad at America because the Bush administration covered up to covered up uh, Pat Tillman's death. Right. And when you get into that, now this is where it's going to be very, a very unpopular opinion. When I joined the service uh, and again, I will, I will caveat this as this is 100% anecdotal. Okay. Um, obviously I'm not going to reveal the names of the people that I, I talked to. It was, um, uh, people that were in Ranger battalion and I wasn't the only guy asking these questions because a lot of guys wanted to know. And when you saw a guy who had a scroll and a tab, so a Ranger scroll, if you have a Ranger scroll, that means you're, you were either in Ranger battalion or you are currently are in Ranger Battalion, and um, usually comes with a Ranger tab. 
uh, for the non-military. And so you would ask guys who were in Ranger Battalion, you'd say, hey, like, did you serve with Pat Tillman? Like everybody want to know, right? Because Pat Tillman was at the, especially at the time, it was pretty, um, it was only a couple of years after he died. It was still pretty right. It was not only was famous, but most people did believe for him to be a hero. And a lot of us were shocked with what the responses were that we got, which was a lot of guys were like, yeah, Tillman was okay. You know, he kind of did his own thing. I stayed away from him. I never really interacted with him. to people were like, I fucking hated that motherfucker. Um, It was very well, you know, the irony of it was, and again, all anecdotal, the irony of it was is people had a either love or hate relationship with this guy. There was no like, Oh yeah. I'd wave to Pat. He'd wave to me. It was like, you know, whatever we were just, pat, you know, passing. Oh, I'd see him in the barracks. He'd say hello. I'd say hello. It was never like that. It was either people were like honest fucking jock and was like, this guy was a super soldier. He could have won the war by himself. Or it was, this guy was the biggest piece of shit fucking like worst guy he ever met was only out for himself. Totally egotistical. Right. And again, you got to take that, right. Some people get rubbed the wrong way. Right. Again, but it was really not the take that we were really sold in the media or right. We were told like basically Pat Tillman was an all American guy. He was, uh, you know, beloved and everybody liked them and likable and this, that, and the other thing. And it turned out, well, that, that, that really wasn't true. Right. Then the other thing. So, Pat Tillman was killed by his own guys. I mean, that's, that's plain as day. Um, and this guy Lafayette Lee makes it out to see that the Bush administration covered it up because they didn't want the bad press of Pat Tillman uh, getting killed by friendly fire. Now there's some truth to that, but the truth of the matter is, is they were really covering it up in my opinion to protect Pat Tillman and Pat Tillman's family more because when you look it at wasn't fr- an, it wasn't an accident, I, I, I would venture to say I would venture to say that under the circumstances and how it went down, it is not a normal. Um, not so let me start. So let me start with this. If you go and you look at the global war of terror, if you go back to Iraq and Afghanistan and you go and look at um, the friendly fire incidents, most friendly fire is like when guys are out on a grid square and somebody fucks up and calls in like artillery rounds onto their grid square by mistake. Or um, there's another unit moving next to a unit and a unit thinks that they're enemy and they call for like an airplane to bomb that area. That is like 99% of your friendly fire. The only other times that you really get friendly fire too with like rifle or what they call small arms is if you have guys in with mixed units. So you would have, for instance, just an example, you might have like a special forces guy with three Iraqis doing a mission and a regular unit comes up and sees the Iraqis and doesn't realize that they're with like an American and they shoot all the guys, right? And then, of course, they wind up hitting an American, like killing the, the Iraqis, thinking they're bad guys, and killing the American, not knowing that the American is with the Iraqis and the Iraqis are good guys, right? That's an example. That's how most of your friendly fire goes down. What happened with Tillman is that the Bush administration first came out and they said he was killed in a gun battle, okay? 
Then they said, well, he was killed in a gun battle, but he was killed by friendly fire. <laughs> then after more and more pressure and FOIA requests, basically there was no enemy present. There was no enemy fire. And he was killed by gunfire only 10 yards away. So that leads one to believe that he was killed by his own guys. And why would you be killed if you're this, what the media narrative is, that you're well-liked? Why would you be killed? You know, why, how would that happen, right? I mean, how does that happen? Now, again... Like full metal jacket shit right there, man. Well... Again, it's 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 speculative. It's anecdotal. Um, at least the stories that I heard were were anecdotal, um, and this is speculative. But I mean, this is, um, you know, the 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 fact that the Bush administration covered it up. I mean, that's all true. That's get that 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 can be found. That can be researched on the internet. And how, how Tillman was killed. He was he was killed by small arms fire and he wasn't very far away from the main detachment or group of guys that he was from. And it just leads one to believe that, um, you know, fragging was something that happened in Vietnam. Um, and to me, this, this looks from my eyes, and what do I know? I don't know much, um, but it looks like a fragging incident. But my point, my point with all of this is that instead of fighting for the heroes that are truly being torn down, right? The, and these guys are flawed too. And I'm not saying, look, and, and Tillman, yeah, Tillman was brave um, for joining the military, leaving at, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Well, let's not forget every single dude in the major league baseball and all the other leagues during world war II went and fought. Not only that, you got guys like Ted Williams who went back in Korea, right? So if you want to tell me about an American who cements the bonds, right? And here's another thing. Ted Williams is a, is a Mexican-American. So we, let, we could even add that on because in 2022, we love all that ethnic shit, right? So you could even go. So if you want to talk about honoring someone who gave up uh, Ted, Ted Williams got, obviously got drafted into Greatest World War II, time. but he, he didn't have to go to Korea. He didn't have to go to Korea. He went and served in Korea. And, you know, if you want to talk about guys who really left something, um, you know, Ted Williams, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe um, Pat Tillman did it for clout. You know, and I'm 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 really not here to speak ill for the dead. I think if he was shot and killed by his own guys, I think that is extremely tragic. Well, maybe um, one of the Arizona Cardinals are going to kick his ass in the locker room. Who knows? Um, but what I don't like is that this guy all of a sudden became he he's going to tell us who we can who we can critique, who we can criticize, um, and who cements the bonds. Uh, of america and and then pat Till, i have to accept pat tillman as a hero i have to even though um there may be some evidence to the contrary right uh yes he died very, in- it's still very noble to give up what he gave up to go fight because he felt compelled after 9-11 well, is that story well I mean, that's pretty hardcore not many well, people would have done would have given up what he gave up to do that 
actually, no I think that actually, I think that's a slap in the face of all the other people who volunteered because, because what are you saying that they didn't have much to give up? No, no. I'm just, I mean, not many people would walk away from a multi-million dollar job. Slippery slope there, Neil. Why? Well, he felt compelled to, to, I think it's, it doesn't matter how much money you're right. It doesn't matter how much money he was making. He felt he had a, you know, he had a bright future ahead of him and he, and he decided to give that up because he, because of how much 9-11 bothered him. Isn't it right? Wasn't it 9-11 that caused him to, uh, yeah. And I, and, and I think that's hardcore. All, I think all of the American men, uh, that died in combat also gave up bright futures. Um, A lot of them were dragged into it. Well, not, 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 not in Iraq and Afghanistan. It's all volunteer. Um, but I think a lot of the, the, the men and, and I guess some of the women who died in, in, in Iraq and Afghanistan, um, you know, they had bright futures too. And just because they weren't, um, multi-million dollar football players. Do we remember all their names? Do we honor them uh, in the same manner? Um, because there's a lot of good people that are that died and bled out in those countries uh, that I would think had bright futures ahead of themselves. And you know, I would have maybe I would have agreed with Pat because Pat said was thinking that the Iraq War was the wrong thing. Um, I, you know, we probably would have agreed on that. Uh, probably would have agreed that Afghanistan was the wrong thing, uh, especially after being there, because it was eye-opening to me when I got there. Uh, because I think maybe I fell under the same spell as Pat Tillman. I think a lot of guys did in the beginning. Um, but what I disliked was that it was like, if you don't think that he's the greatest, like something's wrong with you. And I just think that, you know, you kind of see with like Elon buying Twitter and everything like that, like that, 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 that's part of freedom of speech is my right to disagree. Now, I mean, I guess you could say it's his right to block me. Like if he doesn't well, want to do what I have to joke. say. That's well, you could, Garrett, you can actually find the, the thread uh, knitter.net. Okay. If you, if you Google it, because I'm, as you're talking, I'm kind of reading through. And relating because it's got 17 posts here mm-hmm. in a row. <clears throat> and then you, I just clicked on, sound, from what I'm reading, a lot of people gave this guy flack for his, um, I don't know, for his version of the story. Right. So, you know, there's plenty of comments. Maybe you weren't the only one that get blocked. But Probably not. It's, it's, oh, it seems seems like there's other people who have, may have fought and don't like this guy's version very much. Um, listen, it's just listen, interesting. It, listen, if you put your it doesn't matter what the topic is. If you're going to put yourself out there on social media, put this opinion out there, people are going to disagree with you. And if you can't handle that, I mean, blocking is just such such a this it's just so dumb and gives you to me you got no credit for anything that you said before if if it's just i say something you disagree with and you block me you're, you're a pussy, you're a pussy oh, and you don't deserve the platform to begin with 
and I'm going to do some on-air producing. We did forget the topic of uh, Elon Musk buying Twitter as on the rundown. I think that should be added. Yeah, well, I brought I brought it up right there. So, so this um, so this was this was basically news on Twitter because this wasn't. I mean, I didn't hear about this anywhere. Well, it was news more regionally because I think a lot of the polit- so there's a gubernatorial primary happening in Arizona. Right. So, so yep. right. So it was a race to get out there first and kiss Pat Tillman's ass. And the irony of it is Pat Tillman probably would if Pat Tillman, let me tell you what I think. So you right? think this For woman, what, the woman Kim, right? Carrie She's, Lake. Carrie Lake. She was yeah. doing that. So yeah. So Carrie Lake, who Trump endorsed, got out there and kissed, you know, the ring, Pat Tillman's ring, right? Even though the irony of it, and then this guy kind of picked up, right, was like, well, you know, he's like, great, and he did this, and the Bush administration covered this up, and da 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 And the irony of it is Tillman's widow, like, two years ago, was like, Donald Trump is fucking Satan, and Pat Tillman would have never fought for anything that Trump believed. She said something to that effect, All right? That's and a direct quote. It's not a direct quote, no. And the the point I'm trying to make is like if Pat Tillman was alive, he'd be like a Democratic senator in Arizona, basically champion all their bullshit that they're doing right now. Or maybe he'd be a little like Manchin, but he'd still be voting for most of their shit because the first thing Pat Tillman, when he got home, right, would have they would have got a hold of him and they would have said run for office because Arizona's red. Right. They would have loved him. He would have been like Mark Kelly on fucking steroids. Right. Because Mark Kelly's full of shit. Um, the guy. Uh, and and for the and for like Republicans and right wingers to celebrate a dude who wouldn't fucking touch you with the 10 foot pole. Right. If he was still alive. Right. Like they can get away with it because he's dead. Right. It's like, well, no, no, no. I, it's, it, I'm not talking about the politics. I'm memorializing him because he died as a as a soldier. And it's like. There's millions of other, or I should say thousands of other soldiers who died that you can memorialize that are from Arizona that were living, trying to live their best lives that were, did give up something like their wife and their children. And yeah, they may have been fucking postal workers or, you know, uh, a janitor at a school, but to like make this guy's life that much better because he played fucking pro football, like fuck off. Like every single person from pro football should have joined after the attack on 9-11 shouldn't it, there should have been no leagues there should have been nothing right well let's be real i mean that's that was never going to happen anyway and just because he was the one guy who did it doesn't mean to me doesn't mean anything he volunteered just like we all did and that makes him equal to me i don't give a fuck if i never make anywhere near the money he did um so I mean, that, and that, that was my, that was my point. That was my gist. And I, I didn't mean to go on as long as I did, but as a vet, like I hate shit like that. I fucking hate shit like that. Like there's gatekeepers and other vets are like the worst. They're like the worst. Cause this guy Lafayette Lee is apparently a vet and now he's going to fucking gatekeep me like bro on Pat Tillman. I mean, it's like, maybe I'm taking a little bit more personal because of my, like know. my Fuck experience. Him. Well, no, I'm just Get saying him like, on the show. And Get I him on the show. I tried to, um, 
and 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 here's my thing and then i'll shut up about it we'll move on because i think we've already spent too much time on it but here's my thing it's like bro as a vet to another you're not gonna fucking gatekeep me you know and and you're not gonna turn around and tell me who a hero is and who isn't because i know who i know what a hero is right and i know who's not and a guy who maybe may have possibly been shot by his own fucking guys i mean jesus like, what the fuck do you have to do to get shot? Dude, I did not get along. And let me tell you this one more thing. And I apologize. I'm going on here. But it's no. like, I was not liked by a lot of people in the military. I don't believe that for one. Shocking, second. right? Shocking. Okay. And I did not like a lot of people that I was in the military with. But it never crossed my mind. And I would like to believe it never crossed their mind that when I was ahead of them, bounding, moving up on patrol, doing anything that they would ever raise their rifle and fire a shot at me. Okay. Now clearly I had not. it out. Clear, clearly had, not, okay. Well, clearly not. And I had it out with a lot of guys. Okay. And we, some, we settled our differences and there's a couple of guys I could name right now that I'd never settle my difference. And I tell you what, if they were on fire, I wouldn't fucking piss on them today. Right? But I just, I just took like, I just was like, a, like, I hate to say it because it sounds like a bitch, but it was like, I, dude, I was like offended. I was like, bro, I can't believe that you're, you are a veteran. You're like, you're supposed to be fucking hard and not even going to respond to what I said. You're just going to block. Like, what a fucking bitch move. Like, what, like, what were you like a fucking 88 Mike? Not to pick on 88 mics, but like, what the fuck, you know, like, whatever. I bet you Pat Tillman. But anyway, fucking all right. So you. I'll move Gary. on. I'll shut up. I'm sorry. I bet you Pat Tillman wouldn't have fucking blocked you. So I want to interject in the you know what you know? to the uh, general Twitter Elon Musk thing. I think that's a good segue. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and um, I think it's fascinating. About freedom people, of speech? Yes, I think it's fascinating how people are reacting to this because people on the left are, are being apoplectic and just thinking this is the worst thing in the world and we're not were they're they're uh, showing what they really think about speech that it should be censored that um, we're not going to get enough censorship it's it it i find this so ironic because i'm old enough to know when when left uh democrats used to be the ones defending free speech and now they're the complete opposite and it's just showing their true colors and it's really really quite something they're just uh losing their mind over someone buying twitter and they're they're saying that uh they're opposed to a billionaire buying twitter when billionaires run the new york times uh the washington post uh just about every other media outlet and no one cares about that but uh when someone that I don't even think he's a conservative. He's probably a libertarian. They're they're worried about that. I, I find that fascinating. You know what I think is interesting, Todd? And maybe this doesn't make any sense, but all through Trump's presidency, I always thought it was hilarious when people would say, he's not even that rich. As if that means anything. And they were always attacking his wealth or lack thereof, perhaps. They can't say shit about Elon Musk's like $260 billion all they can do is just be, you know, speak out. Against well, it's just 
his purchasing of it. They can't say anything about his wealth because that's what they would, right? If Trump was buying it, they'd be like, he doesn't even have that kind of money. Blah, 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 blah. I think it's hilarious. They're basically um, saying the they're thing- using a lot of words to not say anything is how I take it. So really, if Elon Musk was buying Twitter and Elon Musk was a giant shit lib like Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates, there would be no story. There would be no there would be no story. But the simple fact that he came out was like, um, you know, he's been posting more what you would consider like, I wouldn't say conservative, but more center right positions. Right. Um, Like, hey, well. I would Why say can't? more moral, more moral positions. I would say. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I would. I would. I, I would say. Well, you did, um, but I would say center right. Um, and he posted a meme the other day, basically how the left left him, right? He, um, the irony of it is, Elon Musk was one of Barack Obama's biggest supporters. Uh, he donated to both. He gave like huge, I think, pretty big sums of money. I, I, I sh- probably should have went and done a little bit more research to get some numbers, but I think he, I think he donated some pretty si- some sizable cash to the campaign both times. Um, so this isn't a guy who, uh, you know, he, he, he's like the James Lindsay's and the Chris Rufo's. These guys were all like lefties. 10 minutes ago and the left has gotten so fucking nuts that these guys are now considered right wing. I mean, they're calling Glenn green, Glenn Greenwald. They're calling him an extreme right winger. The guy is a homosexual leftist and he's been that way his whole career. He just had the guts to say the honest truth. And because he does that, he's, he's considered a, a crazy right winger. It's just, it's, it is beyond belief. Um, anyone now who says the emperor is not wearing clothing is an extreme right winger. And what terrifies them is Elon Musk has a lot of money and he has power. And, and, and the irony is, is they're sending all these fucking tweets from behind the wheel of their Teslas. So they well, help you just block them. They, <laughs> They help fund these monsters, uh, or they help fund this monster that is Elon Musk by buying well, his. I, I think we, I, I think we all funded him with major government subsidies. Oh, absolutely. Which is why he was a shitlip to begin with, right? Because he was a big government guy. Government give me money, this, that, and the other thing. Did he Until start it ran PayPal? Out. Is that true? Did he start PayPal? I don't. I don't. I was Peter Thiel. I didn't think I was correct. Somebody told me that his first he made his big money with PayPal and then he went into Tesla. And well, he was at Google. Me, he did. He was. Go ahead. He, he was a wealthy guy, but I mean, buy my products, get a government subsidy. I get government subsidies. I mean, Todd mentions irony about, you know, the left, right? They don't like big corporate businesses yet. They promoted a vaccine through all of these companies, all government funded in the billions. So like the left is just covered in irony, right? Everything they're against is what the good, yeah, like what the government's doing. Elon, you know, just it's, it's kind of hard to even wrap your head around it. Right. So like liberals didn't like, or left or whatever you would call them. 
they hate big business, but they will get 10 shots in their arm. Right. From Pfizer. From Pfizer. Right. And it's the greatest thing ever. And if you don't do it, you're, you're a P you know, you're a piece of shit, but it's like, what? Right. So it's like all of these things just don't, don't make any sense. Then they used to like free speech. Now it's like, again, the, um, you know, Twitter used to be able to block, throw people off. They threw Trump off. It's, it's just, it's, uh, it's hard to wrap your head around it. I mean, it's basically the last two years in a nutshell, right? You just can't believe what's happened so quickly. I don't know. That's, that's my two cents with Elon as much of as, as much as I like it, you know, how did this guy come to be as wealthy as he is? Not that he wasn't a wealthy guy before, but, you know, he definitely exploited this niche, this Green New Deal agenda with the electric cars and all the government subsidies that were handed out to him and all the people buying his stuff. So I think, Steve, I think you make an excellent point. And, th- and a lot of times I get into trouble, whether it's via Twitter, even some of my opinions on the show is that all of these people now that are quote-unquote migrating to the right, we need to be very careful because what I see a lot of times is when a, like a liberal or a leftist says like one good thing, like all of a sudden they're championed by the right as like, this is the guy. And I think you make an excellent point with Elon because now all of a sudden everybody on right wing is celebrating like Elon is great. Elon is doing this. Elon is doing that. And, um, you know, he could easily turn on a dime and go back, you know, whatever the prevailing wind is blowing. Um, and I think we have to be careful and we have to take a wait and see approach with Elon. I agree with you. And it's not just Elon, but like I was saying, like even like your Glenn Greenwalds and all the people I'd mentioned before, your Rufos, your James Lindsay's, right? Like Rufo's really good about exposing the CRT, but he's also not willing to say that there's racism towards white people or that there is a group of people that are that part of CRT is anti-white. Right. He's like, well, it's racist towards everybody and Asians, too. And it's like the dude can't even just come out and admit it and be like, it's an anti-white thing. So you have to be careful with these people because, yeah, a lot of them are doing good. And I think people on our side of the aisle and our side that the people that are on the right, right wingers, we should take advantage of these victories. Right. We should take advantage of the work that these people are doing and continue to hope that their eyes open and that they continue down the path. And realize that it's not just those one positions that they're into, um, like cultural Marxism and things like that, just because they want a little bit more academic freedom in their college that they teach at. But that they that they honestly understand that the left is a is a always in constant threat and that those people are willing to do anything. It goes with like because James Lindsay right now is doing a great job fighting like giving kids puberty blockers and things like that. Uh, we had Helena on who's being absolutely, I mean, they are like attacking her like left and right. If you go on Twitter uh, and she was a great guest, she detransitioned she and, awesome. and they're, they're going to kill her. But even she 
like wooden tie um and and we'll touch on this later like the slippery slope that gay marriage had she wouldn't touch it she was like well those are consenting adults and it's like well no that kind of plays into all of that stuff as well and so you have to be and that's and that's um and that's you know my critique on her that doesn't take away again that doesn't take away from these people's work but we have to be careful not to just jump right in bed with these people thinking that okay they're the one now and that they agree with everything else because they're good on one issue um and so i steve i think that's a i think that's a really good point that you make it's like well wait a second before before uh you know we go elon's the best for taking over twitter like where did this guy come from I mean, most people don't realize that he started off wealthy as a kid his father owned an emerald mine in south africa right i mean this guy did not grow up poor by any stretch of the imagination. Um, he went to school. I think him and his brother or his cousin started a company um, basically going through spreadsheets and automating spreadsheets or something like that. And that's how he made his first million. And then he was hired as an engineer at Google and he developed some stuff and he made a ton of money at Google, mostly through stock, right? Because these guys get hired, they get tons of stock, especially early on. And then he went and jumped to Tesla. I think he did a few other things along the way. Um, but yeah, I mean, he cashed the reason why he was giving Obama like billion, like a millions of dollars is because Obama was turning around and giving it right back. So, um, yeah, definitely we have to remember, right? Not just who the person is today, but who they are in total with their character. Um, and then make the assessment when they make decisions or when they do something, because obviously what Elon Musk does going forward is going to affect us. So... But see, I, I think it exposes how bad it's gotten that uh, the left will, uh, I'll say this, crucify their own. If the, their own says one thing that they don't agree with, it's really. They've always, but the, but the left, but, but here's the thing, Todd, like the left has always done that. I mean, I mean, I mean, there's pictures with, uh, what's that famous picture of Joseph Stalin standing with the one guy and then they had him change it when he killed the guy. And it's just Stalin standing next to the river. There's the famous picture with him and I forget who the other guy was, right? I mean, the left would be, the left is willing to kill whoever, either metaphorically speaking or physically or, or, or literally, right? They're willing to, to get rid of anybody and anyone in order to pursue uh, their end state, right? Which is, I mean, total, total power, total control um, over everybody's lives to create this false utopia. So the fact that guys like Musk are kind of like, all right, hands off. I mean, Musk is still, here's the other thing too. Musk is still running that company where they're putting like chips into monkeys brains and shit. I mean, weird shit. Right. I mean, so this guy isn't really? a total saint. Yeah. This guy isn't a total saint, but I mean, what, what is disgusting is like people on the right are like ready to canonize this guy. So yeah, I think I think that's something to look at, and I think that's something that needs to continue. But um, let's let's get to the next uh, for the sake of time. Let's get to the next uh, topic here. Yeah, we're going. We're headed for a four-hour episode here, boys. I know, let's keep it moving. All right. Um, next, I have written down is the Ukraine. Is that what you want to get into? I I, I don't mind touching on a little bit. I know Todd is a big uh, Zelensky fan. I'll let you go first, since the Ukrainian army is completely obliterating the Russians. So go ahead. 
Well, the fighting's uh, over in the East now, so hopefully most of the country has been spared. But uh, in the East, it's going on quite, uh, quite um, big. Uh, like you were saying, Gare, they mediated not covering it nearly as much as they had been. So I do find that interesting as well. I don't know what to make of that, really. Because the Ukrainians uh, are losing. Attention, attention span, I think, for, for American Americans and the media. That's not a good answer, so, though. Well, I think that's, we, we just want to know what's next sometimes. I don't, that's not a great thing, but, uh, but uh, go ahead, Gare. Uh, what, what's your opinion? I know I'm just uh, I'm razzing you a little bit, Todd. I, I think that um, there is a guy who tweets under the handle Restation, um, and I thought he had some great stuff. So him and this guy I follow, and we've talked about him a lot. He's this anonymous account, um, a, a really great account to follow. Uh, Second City Bureaucrat was talking about basically the over-criminalization of war um, since the Nuremberg trials. And basically what they mean is like, if you lose a war now, not only do you lose a war, would you like lose territory and stuff like that, but you basically go to jail um, because you have the international criminal court, um, right? It's what they did to all the Serbian guys after they lost um, the Serbian Kosovo war. Right. They 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 captured. Uh, 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 well, they tried to capture uh, Milosevic. Right. They had him at The Hague. He was sitting at The Hague. I think he died of a heart attack before they um, uh, before they could try him. They had Rat- Radvin. Uh, I don't uh, these guys. They got the Radvin Karaz match or whatever, who was on the run. Oh. They, they captured him. I think he wound up dying um, before uh, at, during the trial too. But basically, uh, the whole point with restation was like, um, and again, I'm pa- heavily paraphrasing, and I kind of I, I see this a lot. Um, is like now that Putin's in Ukraine, he really doesn't have a choice but to sit there because he can't because the rhetoric coming from the West, he couldn't even really negotiate his way out because they would want to either imprison him or devastate the, the Russian country. Um, there's really nothing he can do now, but just sit there and wait it out until the West basically diplomatically capitulates and allows him to either keep what he's gained or gives him an out, an exit. And I think the Ukraine-Russian war is going to go into basically what the U.S. was doing in Afghanistan for 20 years. I mean, I could see the Russians just sitting there uh, in the eastern Ukraine for 20 years, kind of at a, I mean, shit, the war between South and North Korea still exists, the right? It's only fire a, over there and shit. Well, it's only a ceasefire. Uh, in North and South Korea's right, that war has still has not been resolved, and you could see something like that boiling down. And the guy restation had mentioned that, like Putin, doesn't really have someone to like even domestically um, 
So like when Nixon was in all that trouble and Nixon was basically going to go to jail, right. For whatever Watergate and all that stuff, he could go to Gerald Ford, hand the reins to Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford could do some bureaucratic maneuvers. And then what did Gerald Ford do immediately? Todd knows this, right? He pardoned Nixon, right? But this guy restation goes like, look, the politics in Russia aren't like that. There's no one, there's no Gerald Ford for Vladimir Putin, right? So if Putin were to step down, the only people who are there, right, are are, are his enemies. Because even his, the guys who yes him to death probably want the power that of the seat of being the president of Russia. I mean, that, that was the, because I asked about Medvedev. I asked these guys, I go, well, what do you think about Medvedev? Medvedev was the president for two terms. Uh, in between Putin's terms. And the guy was like, yeah, the reason why Putin came back is because Medvedev started thinking for himself. I mean, that was his response to my question. And I said, well, that, I mean, I go, yeah, there, then there's no one for, for, because Putin could get out of this war domestically, right? He could, he could kind of end the conflict and go, look, I'm going to resign. I'm going to retire to Siberia. You'll never see me again. And, you know, uh, you know, Vladimir Vladimirovich is going to be the president now. And, you know, he's sorry. And they'll work something out between him and Ukraine. Right. And save face and then negotiate a settlement. But there, there's not even that option. So be prepared to sit in um, unless something major, major, major happens. You're going to see the sanctions, you're going to see diplomatic maneuvers, you're going to see a lot of that stuff, but the Russian military is going to be sitting, uh, standing pat. And the other thing is the reason Todd brought up the point with the media is not covering is the Ukrainians aren't doing as well as everybody thinks they are. Um, I, I still how believe... Could, how, based, could, how could they be? I mean, come on. Well, I, you know, I agree, but I, I because because they had everybody, you know, you had the ghost of Kiev which has now um, been debunked by basically everybody, never exist, uh, never existed. But that's not, the ghost of Kiev isn't considered propaganda. That's a folk folklore. Um, uh, there was a gal who wrote, uh, and I don't, I, I apologize, I'm not stealing her material, but she, she tweeted it and I can't remember her name. And she's a left winger um, by her own declaration. Um, Gosh, what's her name? I can't remember it. Um, but she she said it. She said it was her tweet, so not my tweet. Um, not not my saying, but she was like, yeah, basically anything the Russians say is propaganda, but when the Ukrainians put propaganda out, they call it folklore because there was a story about the ghost of Kiev being a legend. There's a legend and that they needed the legend and the legend was good. So, um, again, uh I don't think the Ukrainians are doing as well as everybody said. You can send them thousands of artillery pieces and things like that. Um, you know, I don't know if it'll make a difference. Uh, this idea that they were just, you know, completely obliterating the Russians. I, I just don't know how true it is because what did Twitter do? They, and not just Twitter, what did Facebook and all of them do? They, they blocked any kind of news or any story coming out of Russia or was pro or, or was deemed pro-Russian. Um, and, and this is the control of information. This is, this is again, more gatekeeping, um, of information and of opinions and ideas. Um, and if, you know, hopefully Musk is true to his word and he'll allow this stuff to come 
onto the platform. So we're just going to fund. Yeah. So we'll fund another war for 20 years. Yeah, we'll fund. We will. Absolutely. Yes. And, and, and the irony of uh, today, somebody had the bill um, and it said, let me see if I can find it. I think I, I may have liked it. Uh, I'll give you this guy's name. I like to just attribute people who, Oh, the daily Sneed. So the daily Sneed, um, who goes by at trooper, he posted, let me see if I can find it. So this was in the $33 billion bill. So this was, so here, and here again, here again, here's how Congress works, right? They write a bill to send $33 billion of aid in the, to the Ukraine. But this is what's in the bill. You ready? Adjustment of status. The Secretary of Homeland Security in the Secretary's discretion may adjust the status of an Afghan national described yeah. in, sub, in subsection A whose parole has not been terminated to that of an individually lawfully admitted for permanent residence provided that that the afghan national and then it lists everything they have to do so basically in a 33 billion dollar giveaway to the ukraine they are making afghan refugees citizens so that that is your deep state elite working again against the american people not only giving our money away but nearly, but making random Afghans who remember were never vetted when they brought all these Afghans over here. They never vetted these people. They're going to make them citizens, right? And they're going to be voting in your next election, and uh, they'll be living and moving to a town near you. So um, that is the beauty of the uh, Ukraine-Russian war. Other than thankfully of Vladimir Putin for ending the COVID pandemic. Appreciate that. Um, so, and, and here we are. And to Stephen's point, we will be funding that for another 20 years. So our kids can fund a proxy war against the Russians for 20 years. Fantastic. Not to cut this short, but we, um, I know we wanted to get to, get to one more topic before the big topic. So let's, uh, do it because I'm itching to get to the big topic. I have two, I have two more before the big one written down here. I guess we don't have to do both of them. No, do them both. Well, we've got time. Let's, uh, you know, interject. If, please, please. Right, I'm gonna keep the I'm conversation going. One. I'm gonna say this one because I think you have less to say about this. Okay. Um, DeSantis versus Roy Disney Jr. Uh, Steve, you hear about so, any of this? Yeah. So let me start. Let me, yeah. Maybe I, or you want to go, Steve? You go. Though. No, I just think it's finally someone standing up to a, a big corporation who basically has been making their own rules. And, uh, you know, with all the grooming and things of that nature, someone called him out. And like you said, Gary, I think before we started this, it kind of dared them to stay in the state of Florida. Um, and I think Texas, um, I don't know who in Texas, I don't think it was the governor, was trying to get to possibly move there. They How were trying to. Uh, what's, 
No, how could you move? How oh no, it's. I mean, you've been. To I think Disney it's World, like right? two hundred. You, you can't pack that shit up. Two hundred. <laughs> I think they. I think they have two hundred square miles. Well, I guess it. And and the, the penalty is two hundred million dollars a year, in property tax was one of them. I mean, to me, that's, that's nothing. To I don't know. I've. I know. I was gonna. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if you've been to with your family i certainly will never go but i think uh, a pepsi was like 15 dollars so 200 million dollars it's a couple of days of the park you know um it sounds like it's about ten thousand dollars to take your family there for a week i don't know i don't know if that number's i don't know if that well yeah, so, depends on where you stay but, but it could be yeah when i heard the dollar number I was like, they'll pay that. That that's not really a thing to them. But apparently, it is a, a number that you know they're not used to paying, and they don't want to pay. Um, other than that, I don't have much other than probably what everybody else knows, which is one called a mountain. I don't think they make their. I don't know what where it lies, and I don't want to continue rambling, but. I like to hear it. Isn't I'm not a Disney fan myself. Isn't the story that they were fed up with the wokeness? So he and you know, I guess the Santas isn't you know keen on, on on being woke, right? And so he said, "Well, the the parental the parental rights bill, you know, and all right. the trans and the sexualizing of the children and the the grooming or the you know." The, people are seeing and you know um i think it's creepy when a 30 year old guy goes to disneyland by himself but i actually know two or three guys that are in their 30s and and they're creepy in disneyland by themselves <laughs> like they're yeah like that's a thing um so you know the grooming i mean it's i don't know i just uh as a it's like that's the last place I want to bring my kids. Well, well, let me say this to you, Steve. I, you know, I love Disney. I love Disney World. I always have. I don't. I wouldn't argue against anything you're saying. But I was watching a cartoon, a Disney cartoon, with my son the other day, and the the dinosaur had had two dads, and I didn't love that. I'm nowhere near the right wing that Gary is. Right? I didn't love that. And nobody when, is except for Francisco I, Franco. When, when I voiced that to my wife, she was like, you know, you have gay friends. You have no problem with gay marriage. This and that. What's the difference? I said, the difference is she, the difference to me is, I guess, is that I, I. I don't need my two year old son watching that on cartoons like I figured that out on my own. That was brought to me like that was introduced to me throughout my life. I don't necessarily need the two year old to be learning that when he's watching fucking cartoons. I'm sitting in the kitchen making eggs while I was watching cartoons. I just, it's, I didn't love that. I don't it's hate nor- it. It's, it's normalizing it. Right. And, and, and listen, I, and I have, I have, I've said this on and off the show a million times. I have gay friends. I absolutely adore that are wonderful people. And, and I, I just don't understand why it has to be in the two year old cartoon. And, and, but I bet you most of them would have the same issue. They might. That's a good point. They might. And um, maybe that's why we're friends. But um, th- is, it, is that not why he started turning the screws on them? 
why DeSantis started turning the screws on them? I think it's a combination. I mean, the, the parental rights bill, right? That's a, that's a huge thing. It's a huge thing here in New Jersey as well. Yeah. I mean, they're really infiltrating the school systems. I mean, and the money is coming from places like Disney, right? They're spending money. It's infiltrating the school systems. The teachers are, you know, going along and teaching it, right? No one stands up because you say, how did this get here? And no one can point to one person and say, well, Neil brought it into the school. It's just like, oh, it's here. Someone did, but I don't know who. Yeah. And it's just Mickey, Mickey Mouse. It's just, it's just accepted. And, you know, um, again, going back to Twitter, right? It's, it's the few loud voices that have infiltrated our country and brought this into our, our children's TV shows, right? It's not your buddies who you're friends with that are the nice gay couple down the street. It's the really crazy gay guy who has lots of money and infiltrated and, you know, brought it into the cartoon show, you know? So it's, I almost can guarantee that the couples that you mentioned probably have the same issue. Like they didn't have that stuff growing up. No. Oh, I would, I, I, I think you got, I think you guys are are really dancing around the topic. I, I think there's more of a slippery slope. I think it, I think it all ties into that. And I'll tell you, and I know we're going to get to the topic soon here because Todd's chomping at the bit, but I would say Oberfell was a complete, um, they, they took Oberfell, the victory of Oberfell, which was gay marriage in the Supreme Court, and they went bananas. And they took all that fucking money that they freed up from the gay rights movement, and they just yes. turned, the, turned the fucking spigot on into all the trans stuff and all the grooming stuff. And let's be honest, a lot of homosexuals um, were groomed at a very young age um, because they were, you know, there were things going on in their lives, whether it was neglect by their parents, living in a single parent home. Um, And these are things that people do not address. They don't want to talk about it. But these are things that have been documented that have happened before. Um, and you can read countless, uh, stories over and over about, uh, um, some of these people, you know, I, I would say, Neil, if you dared, you should, you should ask people that, you know, if these are your friends, like when was their first gay experience? And a lot of times, especially, well, a lot of, look, look with the gay men, um, especially, uh, there is a high rate of HIV AIDS. Um, there is uh, high rates of other STDs. Um, look, they don't tell you um, about all of the things that happen with gay men with the usage of, of fentanyl and methamphetamines, um, the party scenes, all those things. Um, and yeah, it's this idea when, when they say normalizing, it's this idea that these two gay dads in that cartoon is a normal thing when in reality it is not normal. Okay, it is not a normal thing. Uh, Gay marriage is not a normal thing. There's nothing normal about it. 
Now, as I've always said in the show before, that doesn't mean um, someone who is gay that they they don't have the dignity of a human being. That's not true. Um, they are human beings and should be treated with dignity. Absolutely. Um, but the idea that um, that they get to carry some sort of message, and again, it is I would say it is a radical fringe because I think a lot of gay people do struggle um, with their homosexuality, men and women, um, and, and have inner struggles and battles and, and, and often seek companionship just like anybody else would, but have, have had some like really fucked up things happen to them in their life. And I think that is, it's extremely sad. And, and, um, you know, my heart goes out for them in that respect, but you have guys like Ed Buck in California, major Clinton donor, guy was going around picking up homeless black men, engaging in gay sex, giving them fentanyl. And then these guys were overdosing. And because he was a major democratic donor, it took two or three of these black homeless men to die before, before uh, he even went to jail. And he was a guy who funded these things tremendously. But oh. does anyone e- go ahead? No, no, not to cut you off. I apologize. The um, to your point, right? That organization that was raising money to get gay marriage passed, right? Once they started funneling it to the transgender movement, right? They've raised more money consistently every year since, you know, the gay marriage law has passed, right? I mean, to the tune of like, it's quadrupled, you know, because they're now pushing this agenda. So, and they've, and they've got the corporations the same. So they use the same strategy yeah, they got, they, yep. that they, that they use for COVID, right? Just like pushing the vax, right? It's the same strategy. It's like, if they could attack or infiltrate the corporations, they know the corporations will do the work because the infrastructure is already there. And then they get the money from the corporations. And then the CEO comes out and goes, I'm going to donate $10,000 of my own money. And I don't know. Everybody should. And it, and it cascades. Right. And that, and that's the situation we're in. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the way you feel, Neil. As a matter of fact, that's the right way you should feel. Why are you telling my two-year-old child? That's when you are ready to discuss whatever sexual nature your son. Yeah, and, and listen, would, and listen. I never had that conversation with my father either. I just, it's I, my. As you get older, you see things, you know, you know. And I have no problem. I feel the need to say that I have. You ever see a grown man naked? <laughs> yeah. I have no problem with whoever you are. I've said this countless times on the show who whatever makes you, you know, if you're a good person or not, if you're a good person, it doesn't I don't care what you do behind closed doors. I couldn't care less. Neil, anyone who's ever listened to this show knows that your your heart bleeds. I mean, I, I, but if you're going to talk, my point is, if you're going to talk about um, that, there's a deeper seated when it comes to power that goes along with the, the homosexual homosexuals in power. If you're going to say something like that, I don't know enough to argue. I don't know. I have no idea. You could just be being nuts. I don't know. Well, I think it's just an as avenue. As far as Disney goes, what's that? I, I mean, I think it's just an avenue. I think it ties to the larger, um, right? I think it ties to, I mean, you have teachers saying that, that your kids don't belong to you, that they belong to the teachers, right? I mean, this, 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 I, I think. They belong to the community. They, they belong to the community. I think this grooming thing is part and parcel. Like it's not its own self alone. It is part of the whole package of encapsulating power, which is why it makes, 
And again, I've always said this, you've always taken this in a negative, but I say this in a good way. That's why guys like you who like, for lack of a better term, are like a normie, right? You're a normal guy who gets up every day, goes to work and does his thing. That's why it's so hard for guys like yourself to ever really put the finger on the problem because it's moving in so many different, and it's moving down so many different columns. Right. And I'm not saying that I'm, I'm smarter because it's just so I, I take interest. Right. So I recognize all of these things. I, I notice things. Right. So it's like, yeah, this is just one avenue of approach that they're going down to push the agenda. It just so happens that this is the sexual, you know, pre, you know, this is the sexual predatorial stuff that they're doing, right? Because it's another attack on weakening family bonds. And when you weaken family bonds, it makes it easier to control people. And when you, when your object is to control and have power over people, right? You want to weaken all possible bonds and using this wedge with the sexuality stuff and taking kids out of their, the influence of their parents and their families, that is another avenue, right? It just adds to it. And again, it's a, a battle of, of, in my opinion, it's a battle of good and evil because no child should be sexualized. If you are a man and a woman and you're having relations in front of a child, that is also fucking disgusting, right? I mean, it, it has nothing to do with even the gay part of it, right? It's, a, it's the morals and ethics and how you raise and how you have your family, um, which is like, again, a total erosion of the, the social, um, glue. Uh, so, so that's where guys like yourself, you know, I think it's interesting because you're like, yeah, I'm watching this thing here with my son and this don't look right to me. And, you know, I've got friends and this, that, and the other thing. And I think you're not the only person saying that. And I think that's why you're seeing such a movement for change because people are putting their hand up finally and they're going, uh, uh, before when it was like my the two dudes down the street, I just kind of was like, whatever about it. And they would come over and have a beer. It, now when it's like in your kid's face, people are like, wait a second, time out. Like, and, and that's where we're at. But this is when it was, when it was Cam, when it was Cam and Mitchell on Modern Family, it was fucking hilarious. But I mean, this is, you know, now it's on my son. But that's, that's, I mean, that's, that was a step, <laughs> that was a step before the cartoon. Yeah. Right. That was the that was what you call the vanguard. What they wanted to do. Tell me that wasn't hilarious. Well, well, what they wanted to do, right? Again, is the normalization that it's just they're just two guys next door. Meanwhile, in reality, most of those guys are fucking smoking fucking meth and going to gay orgies like for fucking twenty four hours straight. I mean, that's the reality of the matter. All right, so um, this idea that's just two quiet guys down the street reading books all fucking day is complete bullshit. And but that's the narrative that they sell you. That's not true. It's just not. And so, and uh, go ahead. So does the for my example to begin this? Does me watching that cartoon on Disney is that what at least a big part I would think of what prompted DeSantis to start throwing it back at them? Well, because he totally pa- separate. He, pa- he passed that. He passed the bill that says you can't teach kids like from kindergarten to third grade. Right, you can't. Right tell them about all that crazy shit and yeah and it was a double down but they've already been the, the other thing you got to think of again is like to steven's point if you're a grown man why are you writing that stuff anyway like why why are you like why to me like why are you interested in that okay well, the, me- they've, the, the media got onto don't say gay bill 
right? And then you had all these transgender, gay, all these people, you know, oh, don't say gay, Bill, right? And that was the, that's how the media pushed it. It's parental rights, right? It has nothing to do with saying the word gay in anything, right? But that's how they got, you know, people attached to it and tried to start and beat it up, right? And then you have Disney and, you know, they're, you know, C-level executives caught talking about adding- Pushing more of it. Pushing more of it into the programming, right? And different characters coming out in movies. And again, like you said, the two dinosaurs, right? That's, they're pushing that stuff, right? And it's maybe not- directly in front of you so maybe you miss it the first couple times but eventually you'll start to see it right just because it's going to be non-stop just hitting you in the face and here's the and here and here's and here's the other point here's the other point see if they'll see if they'll do that in china see if they'll do that in oh Saudi hell Arabia. no see not a chance because in china in china so in china they have that character, I guess, in Buzz, the new Buzz Lightyear movie is gay. They cut, they cut the scene. Actually, in China, when you have a lot of black actors in your movie, they cut a lot of their scenes because the Chinese people don't want to see the black actors. Okay? Well, that's um, these, are the, these are the, un, well, these are the unspoken things. Um, yeah, but where does, where does Disney get a lot of their money now from? China. And, 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 and ESPN and the NBA and all that stuff, right? So they'll push all the homosexuality to your, your kid, but you think they got the guts to do that. To, they, tell you, they tell you they love everyone and, that everyone and that this message is so good that everybody needs to hear it, yet they won't do it in China. They won't do it in Saudi Arabia. Come on, I thought, I thought Muslims were just like us. I get told all the time we can't ban, no Muslim travel ban. They're just like us. But, but yet you don't see him shoving that shit down their throat because they know better no, no because a Muslim will run because a Muslim will run into Disney and blow himself the fuck up and kill everybody in there for pu- pu- pushing that shit. Okay. Cause that's the reality of it. All right. And maybe, maybe, maybe hats off to people who are in that faith who would do something like that because at least they're, they've got more guts than people um, who, who say that to be outraged like that, and then they'll take Disney money or they'll, or they'll go, Oh yeah. When it really comes down to the bill, they go, well, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to vote for it. Right. So, uh, you know, may, maybe you'll see in the future more converts to Islam. I don't know. Um, but if you keep fucking with people's families, uh, something has to change. And, uh, I think, um, you know, when it comes to all that stuff, I think, you know, Ron DeSantis is doing a great job. He's protecting people. He's protecting families. He's doing exactly what he should do as a governor. And he's using his power the way really Trump should have done when Trump was in office. Um, and that is to reward your friends and punish your enemies. And that is power, whether you like it or not. Um, and I won't even go on my diatribe about how much I hate democracy. There's plenty of episodes that people can listen to. But um, I think... I do think you just made me, let me interrupt you. I, I do think you just made me think this. I do think that if if my if my son had a, a classmate in daycare that had a, a you know 
two moms or two dads. I there's no way I would have any problem with that. It's when I fucking turn on the Disney Channel and they're no, but your that. son, but your I, son would, was... your son is young enough. He would just go to school and be with his friends. Right. Has nothing that's to do how with. That's how it should be. Yeah, that's how it should be. So that's that's. that's the, I, mean. I mean, I'm saying it bothered me. It bothered me more to be entertainment basically than be real life. It should be. It should be because it's in yeah. your house. That's I and I agree. It's the same thing, you know. It just again, you know, and I think we should move on. But you know, a lot of the 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 people, you know, libs of TikTok, right? A lot of the teachers, these you know, younger teachers who wanted to who want to peddle this stuff, the transgender, all this stuff into the classroom, right? Their big thing is. Well, I'm telling my kids about my weekend and how can I not tell them about my husband, right? Or my, if it's a woman, my wife and what we did, right? I can't remember, right? And this is how screwed up it is. I never went into Mr. Mr. Jessica or Mr. C or Mr. and said, what'd you do this weekend? And they told me, Right. Oh, I was bang- I was banging my wife in the hot tub. <laughs> yeah, like you know, like do you, like gross. The the kids never ask, right? It's their way to push it out and talk about themselves and all the weird things that they're doing, right? And that's it's, what you it's, have. It's it's yeah, narcissism. So- it is the pinnacle of narcissism, right? I mean, that's why a lot of like the 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 transgender stuff is like part of what's called autogonophilia right which is these men have like such this narcissism and this like self-love that they want to be a woman they want to under like they want to get like you know you know whatever i'm I'm not even gonna get into it but i want to add to steven's point okay maybe this was naive and i and i uh i tweeted because i got a lot of guys uh, people on Twitter were talking about this when this was first going down to your point, Steve, about how um, like they don't remember ever, ever. Um, but I'll never forget when I was in fourth grade um, and I won't use a teacher's name. Now this is how naive we were, right. As kids. Uh, maybe we were a little bit younger. Uh, probably, I think maybe we were a little bit younger, but I'll never forget. Maybe it was second grade probably second grade. So I'll never forget a teacher. I don't know if she had locked her keys in her car or forgot her house keys or whatever, but I'll never forget when her husband walked into the classroom and was like, here are your keys and put her keys on the desk. And she looked at him. She like put her hand on his hand and was like, you know, like, thank you, honey. Right. And everyone was like, number one, who is that? Right. And number two was like, we thought you lived at the school. Like we had no idea. We were like, we thought you live at the school. You don't live at the school. You have like, you have, she was like, Oh, that's my husband. He dropped my keys off. We're like, wait, you don't live here. You know, yeah. like most of us were like, imagine a world where so, he could go into the building, go right up to the classroom. Can't do that now. Yeah. Well, but I'm just, but I'm just, but I'm just no, saying like yeah, most, yeah. most of us looked at each other. We're like, wait, you don't live here because that was all we knew of the teacher. 
right? That that my point is is like we we didn't know like the the fact that she was married and had a husband. I mean, obviously we all had parents. We all knew our parents were married. We knew what our husband and wife were. Well, like her husband came in, put her keys on the desk, and we were like flabbergasted. We we're like, wait, you're just not a lady who lives in this building that we come to every day. Like you actually yeah. have a home, you drive a car. Like, I mean, not like that stupid, right? But just kind I of the naive. I don't drive it well. The 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 innocent locking well, your keys in your car and shit. The 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 my my point is is that why innocence. do these people want right? Why do these people want to destroy this innocence <laughs> so badly, right? And and my belief is is because their own innocence was taken from them, and their own innocence was destroyed. And they only now know how to do one thing, and that is to be a force of destruction. Because why would you ever, ever think that an eight-year-old child wants to know what you're doing with your non-binary, whatever the fuck you're doing, right? Nobody gives a fuck, right? Nobody cares. Get some fucking adult friends, all right? And go tell them what you were doing in the fucking weekend, all right? Don't, don't tell my fucking kids anything. All right. It's bad enough that our kids are fucking idiots in school now. They don't learn shit. They don't know anything. All right. It's bad enough. But now you're going to spend your, all your fucking day telling them why you have short green hair and a fucking bone through your nose. All right. The fact that they're allowed to even you see some of these people, the fact they're even allowed to walk into a school looking like that is a fucking disgrace. All right. And then they're pledging allegiance to the pride flag and all that shit. That that thing. I'd fucking wipe my ass with that thing. That stupid fucking flag. All right. All right. Because I right. hate it. Okay. Well, All no, right. because no. And I, you know what? No, no you're I'm right. Gonna, you're right. I just want to say, I'm going to say this one, th- one last thing. When you look at the pride flag, all right, it has nothing to do with gays. It's about the American empire. It's the flag of imperialism. It's everything that is bad in America is that flag. And that flag is the true flag of America today because it represents all of our imperialistic tendencies. It's, it, 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 it shows how we want to colonize the world with that, right? What's the thing that they try to push on Poland and Hungary is that they don't fly the pride flag and they don't do this. You look at the state department and our embassies all over the seas, what flag is on there? It's the pride flag is everywhere. Okay. That flag is a symbol of imperialism. And if you believe in the American Republic, you'd be against that flag, okay? You talk about the Confederate flag. That's the Confederate flag of today, all right? That is the 2022 Confederate flag, is that, is that rainbow flag, all right? And, and that is the flag of imperialism. And get I'm against your, that. Get it off your Mustang. Whoa. <laughs> oh. All right, well. I want to. Sorry, didn't mean to get. Didn't mean I to get dark there. Topics to to you know. Poor Todd has been chomping at the bit all night. The straightest man I know personally. I think <laughs> that he's he's been more than. He's so straight. Like, he's crooked. He's so straight right now. He's never been straighter than he is right now. I, all right, Todd. You ready? No, Todd, you want to? Do you want to just set it off? You just want to go for go for. Go I for, would go love to do that. Right, go for so, go. There is a report of a leaked draft. I cannot emphasize this enough that it is not official, but this draft is the opinion of the Supreme Court that they are getting ready to strike down Roe versus Wade. Now there's several topics about this. 
first the, the actual decision that would be an earthquake. I've never thought I would see it in my lifetime. I think I've seen, I've said that on the shows. That, that was kind of the, uh, something that- You were hoping to see it. Yes, but I just never thought I would see it. And even now it's just like you're, you've got the ball at the one yard line, but it's not there yet. But uh, that's how I'm feeling right it's now. The, it's the Vinny Testaverde helmet. It's the uh, Russell Wilson Seahawks uh, Super Bowl 49 ball at the one yard line. Hopefully you get the ball to Marshawn Lynch. That's what I say. But, um, but yeah, so you, we can talk about the actual uh, decision. And I think that's very correct that the decision would bring the bring the uh, uh, issue of abortion back to the stage where I think it belongs. Uh, but you've also got the topic of the leak and how I think we all think it was leaked by someone for political purposes to put pressure on the justices to possibly change their decision. Also, I have to tell you, during the show tonight, there's been protests at the Supreme Court so it's already starting. There's protests on the steps of the Supreme Court to change this decision that has been made yet. So that's the impact of this report. And uh, Schumer and Pelosi has put out a joint statement saying this would be um, uh, the worst decision that could. Uh, I don't. I don't have a verbatim, and I wish I had it in front of me. So uh, they really. So hold on. They, let me let. They have a. They reacted me, to the decision. So let me pause you, you. Let me let me pause you right there because I want you to continue, Todd. Let me pause you right there and say this: that alone tells you they know and they knew of this leak. Okay, because the first thing this they have never ever ever in the history of the Supreme Court ever leaked a pre-decision or any documentation to do with the decision ever. And the fact that Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer did not come out tonight and blast the fact that this had been leaked and said, Hey, look, there's been no look. Look, if you were honest, we don't say that name on the show. I know I keep forgetting. And isn't she in the Ukraine right now? I I know. I uh, um, don't the, the, if you were, if you were a true politician and you knew this was a leaked thing and you really believed in, in the democracy, which they don't, and they are democracy. Now I sound like a fucking idiot. Like one of them, if you really believed in our federated constitutional Republic and you know, this was leaked and that it really jeopardizes the judicial branch, I would have came out as a politician that cared about my country. And I said, look, this was leaked. Okay. No finalized decision has been made. If this is going to be the decision they're going to make, I disagree with. However, I am more concerned with the leak. And I think it's, it's outrageous. And I think the leaker should be punished. And if the leaker is found, they should be prosecuted to the full extent of law. And I'd leave it at that. And the fact that they just skipped right over that 
and went right into the meat and potato of how this is going to be a catastrophic decision. And here's the other thing. Nancy, the congresswoman from California and Senator Schumer um, have had have been in, in, in Congress collectively probably for a thousand years. They could have passed a law on several occasions to enshrine Roe v. Wade into American law, but never have. Okay, so this idea and everyone knew that this court case was always in a perilous position because it was basically decided on like fictitious law. All right. That does not exist. They've used the fort. They've used and abused the 14th Amendment. Um, it, it, it is uh, the 14th Amendment has been an absolute disaster for this country um, and not not for the certain freedoms that originally guaranteed but because it has been used for literally anything and everything now, uh, any sort of minor, minority group grievance, uh, they use the 14th Amendment to shoehorn whatever nonsense it is in, like murdering babies. Um, and the other thing that scares the crap out of these people is uh, it's going to lead to possibly the overturning of Oberfell, which is on even weaker grounds which is the gay marriage, which is there an absolute panic about. Um, and so to Todd's would, and I'll let Todd get back on it again, but that already tells you that Schumer and the Congresswoman from California knew that the fix was in, that knew this was going to happen. And they've already had a pre-statement plan. This was already pre-planned. This is nothing happens in Washington, DC spontaneously. Okay. Nothing happened spontaneously there. This is all planned. They knew that this was going to happen. And so they were ready to make their joint declaration. Okay. Because as Kevin McCarthy, or not like he's a, he's a fucking putz, but like, has he said anything yet? Has Mitch McConnell come out and said anything? Has they done a joint statement? Any Republicans, any, any senators, Trump, anybody, you know, but how, you know, Pelosi and Schumer, they got their talking points out race app. And to Todd's point, they've already got like tons of people down there already. And this thing hasn't even been released as an official decision yet. So anyway, continue, Todd, please. And what has happened to the separation of powers? We have three equal branches of government. Uh, how one branch would discuss what another branch might do they haven't even done that yet. To have uh, the the senator and the congresswoman speaker uh, come out and blast it even before a decision has been made officially is is uh, astounding to me. And uh, to uh, to the point of the leak, we have never seen a Supreme Court decision be leaked like this. And there's only one reason why, to create pressure on the justices to, for someone to change their decision, to change the outcome. And that is that it's wholly against the separation of powers and, and uh, what the Supreme Court is supposed to uh, uh, work as a um, independent check um, on, on all of this. This is uh, going to be very interesting to see how Chief Justice Roberts, who I think is going to be in the minority on this decision, I think it's going to be five to four, if I had to predict, 
but um, he's always said that he cares about the the history of the court and all of this. So it's going to be very interesting to see um, what he does about this. If he really wants to get to, to the bottom of the leaker, that really should be addressed. Um, I don't know if it will be, but it should be. And uh, this is uh, uh, basically when this happened just a couple of hours ago, three hours ago, I was astounded by both uh, the decision, um, uh, really I shouldn't be the decision, but also the leaking and uh, people not really caring about it in some circles. Anybody else have any uh, um, takes on this? Oh, was there a date or was this, what was the, the timeline otherwise? So from what I saw on Fox News, this was a late February draft. So even they were saying it could change. It may have already changed. Uh, they don't know. Um, but um, but this was something that uh, was a very strongly worded decision uh, with the conservatives. Some people were speculating it was from Justice Alito. I don't, that's, we don't know that. That's just speculation. But um, yeah, from what I've heard, it was something from late February. So this could even be a, uh, um, there's probably been other drafts since then. So yes. Todd, if you touched on this, I apologize. I, I stepped away for a minute. Um, it, this is just a coincidence that the woman that won it just died. The lawyer that won Roe versus Wade just died, and now they're uh, talking of overturning it. I think that's a coincidence, but yeah. it's very that's interesting. Coincidence. Ironic, yeah. yeah. She just well, died we have in to... February, I think, right? Didn't she die in February? We talked about well, it on we the have... show. I looked about it in my notes. I, didn't, I couldn't find it, but. We have to thank RBG for holding out so long into the Trump presidency. <laughs> like, like someone was saying earlier, um, the Congress could have and still could pass a law affirming that was, versus Wade. Uh, this is, that was me, Todd. Yes, there's nothing to stop uh, the Congress from doing that. The fact that they just... Um, let the Supreme Court decision um, be the foundation of their, basically, their most tried and true um, source of uh, jurisprudence, uh, I think is, um, was a mistake. And uh, it, there's going to be repercussions, whether this is going to spur on court packing, uh, whether this is going to affect the midterms, I think the byproduct of this is uh, if this does actually occur, uh, that uh, there will be Democrats spurned on, spurred on by this in a way they weren't before. So it may make the midterms a little bit more interesting. But uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of fallout to this. So basically, they've already identified. Well, they they're already saying that it it came from Sotomayor staff. And it was this guy, Amit um, Vane or something like that. And 
basically he was the one who I guess he wrote or was interviewed for this. Um, I guess he's a Yale guy and Tavanaugh went to Yale and he was writing all these things about how horrible Yale was for supporting Brett Kavanaugh during his, uh, um, uh, during his appointment. But, uh, but yeah, the, the, what they're saying is it's Sotomayor and she was the idiot who was like, didn't know when they were doing uh, their verbal argument, she didn't know uh, like basic lawyering stuff. And people were just like completely baffled because she embarrassed herself and the left had, the left was not expecting her to embarrass herself so bad. So they had to run cover for her. Um, I forget some of the questions she was asking, but just real simple, simple stuff about like due process and things like that, that she like sounded like an idiot about. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think there has to be, there has to be some criminal thing, but you know, the Democrat, again, <clears throat> here is where the Republicans will fall flat on their face um, because the Demo- rules do not apply to, to Democrats on the left. They will not, no one will get into trouble. It's just, it's the same thing with the, with the Hunter Biden laptop, right? They kick people off social media. They ruin people's lives. They said it was Russian disinformation. 50 former Intel people said it was Russian disinformation. And within the last couple of weeks, they've said, no, it's all true. It's true. Um, Newspapers have said, yeah, it's right. It's true. And has anything happened to anybody? No. And just like this, that's why this guy leaked it, because he knows nothing's going to happen to him. Nothing's going to happen. Who, who's going to who's going to prosecute him? Joe Biden's Department of Justice. Like who? who, who? Merrick Garland is Merrick Garland going to go and, and subpoena this guy to testify that he is. Uh, um, uh, you know, it, uh, subpoena this this leaker who is part of their own political party. Absolutely not. So I'm just I mean. Who knows what happens, but um, hopefully, you know, these what we hoped would be strong uh, conservative judges actually stick, uh, stand up, stick to their ground. Because I feel like, you know, we've had a lot of hopes for a few of these people and we've been let down already. Um, yeah, that's my hope. I hope this in, this intimidation doesn't, you know, doesn't change. Hopefully, the good news, you know. But there's been cases well, that- where, you know, we we hoped they would do one thing, and yeah, you know, they let us down. I I agree uh, totally, a hundred percent, and I think that was the the point of this leak was a pure. intimidation tactic. And the other thing that this is a five, four decision. Okay. John Roberts has been nothing short of a disaster. Okay. And I'll go back to our first thing. You want to talk about my gripe with the Bush administration. Okay. Uh, George W. Bush appointed John Roberts and John Roberts is the one who allowed Obamacare to happen um, he has been a, a, a disaster, a disaster on the court. And he was supposed to be this staunch, to Stephen's point, he was supposed to be this staunch conservative. I think the guy we really have to worry about is Brett Kavanaugh. 
I think Gorsuch, Alito, and Clarence Thomas will stick to their guns. Um, I think the jury's still out on Amy Coney Barrett, although I think um, I think that was her whole thing was that she was, you know, willing to overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, but I, I think that um, especially the ringer that they put Fred Kavanaugh through when he was appointed to the Supreme Court, that he would be the target and probably the focus. Right. Because they know they're not going to get the Clarence Thomas and Alito. Forget it. They're not going to get to them. Gorsuch is already kind of in a line with them. And maybe they would try to get at Gorsuch, but I think the 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 weak in the chain the, the, the weakness in the chain is um him uh, Kavanaugh is Kavanaugh, and uh, I also wouldn't be surprised if uh, um uh, ACB changed her tune. I it wouldn't surprise me, um, but I would absolutely be shocked if like Clarence Thomas like came out and was like, oh, I changed my mind, I'm not going to vote for it. Like I would be absolutely shocked um or Alito or even Gorsuch so um I think Kavanaugh is who we got to keep an eye on hopefully he's safe um and same with Amy Coney Barrett I think the other three are are, are rock solid I think they probably were the ones plotting to do this for a while so um but we'll see I we know John Roberts is a coward and we know the leftist judges on the bench are idiots so uh you know how you can create a right out of thin air, I don't know, but they will because that's what the left does. And be prepared for violence. You've already – so here's the other thing. I don't know if any of you noticed, and this ties into it, and then we can end it. We can move on. Um, but Antifa is on the move again. Um, they're starting to pop up. There was a, a small gathering in Portland. Antifa showed up. Um, you are starting to see uh, – they're starting to crank the engines on BLM again. So you're going to see BLM and Antifa. And believe me, by the time we get closer and closer to this election cycle, you will see violence in the streets. It will be perpetrated by the left. You'll see them try again to drag in right-leaning people, right-wing people into this violence. Um, but Antifa is on the march. What about QAnon? And do, not be, and do not be surprised. QAnon was always just fucking nonsense, like a bunch of boomers on the internet, on Facebook and shit. Um, and uh, you will see real violence start to happen. And um, it is going to happen and it is going, things are going to burn again for this next election. And that is the America we live in um, until someone is ready to. Until uh, Elon comes and saves us. Yeah. So. <laughs> But that's it. So any, anything else to add? I guess as this unfolds, I guess the, the, the crowds and riots are getting worse. I shouldn't say riots. I should say the crowds outside of uh, um, SCOTUS. Yes, I, I just, so. uh, it just it, it's just interesting to, for me to see protest at the court before a decision has been made. It's just, this is something historic, really. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to ratchet up the pressure to change this decision that hasn't been made yet. So, yeah. Hey, gas is like $12 a gallon. Most people need to go to work. <laughs> okay. 
Well, Gare, do you, uh, if we don't have anything else, do you want to lead us out? No, I have one oh, more yes. thing I want to do. Okay. I want to okay. do a quick 30-second sports segment. Okay. Because we have to do it only because the Mets and the Yankees are the two best teams in baseball. It's only April or May, I guess, but it's very interesting. Both look pretty. How, how many games are they in? Effing dominant. Like twenty. How many games is that? Five. Yeah, twenty-five games. Yeah, they played for a month. They played for a month. And as the um, and how the are the one, Mariners? By the way, how are the Mariners? Well, doing? we're about five hundred. All right, that's not bad. And as the, they still have Ichiro. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was like a hundred gr- years his, ago. They have his grandson. <laughs> well, and the Mets are releasing Robinson Cano. And they're probably going to have to eat fifty million. Uh, no, I mean 40, they got to eat forty million. Well, they got it. Yeah, but is that including all the luxury tax they have to pay? If he walks, they should just, annuit, annuitize those payments. If he just takes his money, if he just takes <laughs> Bobby his Bonilla. money, if he doesn't take a minor league contract, or if he doesn't, if he just takes his money and goes home, forty million. What were you going to say, Todd? Well, as a Mariners fan who who's traded Robinson Cano uh, to the Mets. I just wanted to say thank you. you well, as I've as I've said time and time again, I think Depoto deserves a statue right next to Ken Griffey Jr. for getting the Mets to sign off on that trade in the beginning because that was the most untradeable contract, probably one of one of the most untradeable contracts of all time. And I don't care if the Mariners Very go cool. five hundred. I don't care if 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 the uh, Garrett Cole. Well, it's it's not our fault. He can't use all the bullshit he was putting on the baseball anymore. Damn, Garrett Cole, Steve, are you a Mets fan? No, I don't care about baseball at all. Really? Yeah, That's, that must be new. What baseball? You must be scoring he's, somehow. He's never been a baseball. You never fan. been a baseball fan, really? I'm surprised. Nah, I quit. I quit Mounts eighth grade. Man, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. Steve's, Steve's the NBA guy. He's one of the I, best I, athletes I ever, I ever met. I didn't know you didn't even like baseball. I'm surprised about that. No, I quit going into the season. I was the number one pitcher, and I was like, I can't. I don't like this. I'm yeah, out of here. <laughs> I don't play. I don't play baseball either. But I I love watching. You were that good of a pitcher, really? Oh, really? It's uh, school was like 12 people. I mean. Are you, I mean, are you southpaw? Number one out of no. two is still better than two. Anyway, so yeah, the Mets are, <laughs> are making it interesting no. early. The Red Sox it's suck, close. which is great. too long of a season. Games so are too long, so you're lazy, is what you're saying. Yeah, I, I'm so lazy. <laughs> I don't have time to watch three hours of baseball. No, you said you gave you gave it up because the game. Oh, oh, you okay? I see. I see. I thought you were saying you gave up playing because the games were too long. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. All right, that was all. That's my only little sports thing. If anyone else has any little sports things to to throw in there real quick. The Jets apparently had a great draft. We'll see about that, I believe, when I say it. They say You know what? That scares me even more when they say the Jets have a bad draft. (laughs) I'd rather that. If they were like the – if they were like the Jets had a terrible draft, you're like, all right. No, the the radio today for 
Sports Radio did mention the GM for the Jets last year and this year. You know, seven out of eight of the picks he's had all seem to be working out, except for Douglas. Yeah, I don't know who all all the players are. Joe Joe Douglas was a. Oh no! Yeah, it was Joe Douglas. It's Joe Douglas and Robert uh, Sala, right? Is the head coach? I don't know. No, I don't know. I don't think you're saying Sala. It's the Niners guy. Yeah, he's right. He's right. Todd. Get in here and tell me how to be a Jet fan. Yeah. Be a Jet fan, you know. Just, uh, you. just remember, uh, like Larry David said uh, on the Curb episode, the Jets killed somebody, one of his buddies. You know, he had a heart attack on the show, not not in real life, but he was Todd, a big Jets fan. And the during Seahawks the game, he had a heart attack, and, uh, passed away. Did the Seahawks just lose their franchise quarterback? Uh, yes, I wasn't going to talk about that, but yes, we have. So, who who are you going to guy? Who are you guys going to get? Kyle Orton? No, uh, what's his name? Um, the dude from San the Francisco. guy from the Browns. We have uh, uh, no, we have Drew Locke from Denver. That's going to be our quarterback. So, no, what's his name? <laughs> who? <What's> his name? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no oh, Garoppolo. No, Baker no. Mayfield. Well, we there was rumors about that. That has not happened yet, so we'll see. Yeah. Who Baker? Baker Mayfield. Yeah, he's Who's not been traded man? anywhere. And yeah, he's got no. No, nobody wants that guy. No, because he stinks. The dude that was taking a knee that started the whole taking knee thing. Oh, Kaepernick. Kaepernick. He's available. Come on, Todd. Give him a chance. Yeah, Pete's woke. Pete's woke. He, yeah, he'd be perfect in Seattle. <laughs> Pete. Pete. Pete was complaining that the white owners don't know how to deal with black people. That wasn't, what was he complaining about? Was that a couple of weeks ago? Todd, you know exactly. Yeah. What yeah. I mean, he, uh, he basically stood up saying we need to have, you know, um, people like Colin Kaepernick and um, they should be heard. We need Colin. Uh, yeah. Colin Kaepernick needs to be heard, but not on my team. Right. Pete Carroll. Uh, exactly. He needs to be heard oh. on someone else's team. Not, not in my neighborhood. Not in my neighborhood. And my yeah. backyard. You know, so. Oh, by the way, no one else will care except for me, but go Seattle Sounders in their CONCACAF champion second leg against the Mexican team Pumas. If the Sounders win a home match, that's all they have to do. They are uh, t- champions of hey, North Todd, America. Todd, you've, you've never been more right there. You know, I'll, and, t- I'll uh, tell you what I want. I can't believe that Jordan Morris is on the U.S. men's national team. He is a one-trick pony. If I've ever seen, if he doesn't outrun you and get the ball, he can't do anything with the ball. He can't. He does nothing. He he killed more of their attacks because he would get the ball and then he'd stop and he'd pull it back. And he was like, it was awful to watch. He's a shit um, too. Is he? Probably. Um, but he he was just – I can't believe he's on the U.S. men's national team. Now, Roldan, I can't believe he's on the U.S. men's national team, but that guy at least works his ass off, all right? He doesn't – what he makes up in talent, he, he, he makes up for with work ethic. But, geez, Jordan Morris is just atrocious. But I'll tell you what, I can't believe they t- – when, when they tied it, and they had those two penalties because Roldan won that penalty at the end there. 
Um, I couldn't believe it. And the simple fact that uh, usually teams get creamed when they go to Mexico and the officiating in the first half was awful. The, the Nino penalty was so soft and they gave that penalty away. It was a terrible penalty they gave to the Mexican side. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I would like, I mean, um, you know, for the, uh, for some of the people that are uh, near and dear to my heart, they have uh, some love for the Sounders. So I have to uh, also say, I guess, Todd, uh, you know, I hope the Sounders do well. Although I fucking hate the owner. Uh, I hate the fucking city. I hate the people in the city. I hate the state. Um, but yeah, go Sounders. <laughs> other than that, other than that, he's rooting other- for it. <laughs> he hates their mothers. The, especially their mothers. They should have done Roe v. Wade. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, Jay Inslee came out, tweeted, and said pro-choice will always be a Washington state, uh, you know, whatever. Because it was the first state to legalize abortions, Washington state. Good old Washington state. I was just about to say that, but that's very true. Yeah, Jay Inslee, when they uh, overturn Roe v. Wade, the first abortion should be Jay Inslee throwing the baby off of Mount Rainier. Huh? That'd be fun. All right. That's could, we could live all right, tweet it. All right. That's <laughs> all right. With that, with that, we're going to bid you adieu. Come on. It's 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 just that it's not a real live thing. Neil, come on now. Get with the times. Very sensitive. All right, Gary. You, do you, no. Todd, are you going to do the sound off tonight? Maybe Gary did the intro. Maybe you do the sound off. How about that? Well, I can. Yeah. So, I know you can. Um, That's why I asked you to. Thank you for um, joining us for episode seventy-one of Review the News. Um, we uh, we uh, review the news <laughs> that makes sense to you. <laughs> and uh, follow us on. Um, Anchor on Spotify and all your podcast um, uh, catchers, as they say, we're on Patreon. So if you'd like to support the show, um, you can go there and listen to the show on Patreon as well. And with that, um, thank you again. We'll see you next time. Good night. And don't block Gary on Twitter. Yeah, come on. Listen to my fucking bad Unblock. takes. I'm Unblock a midwit. Gary. And I'm thank a midwit. you, Stephen. Thank you, Steve, hey, for putting up with our, with our nonsense tonight. I don't fun. tweet. 